McGregor. And Greg. I'm going to take that as a go. I think you're ready. Ready. Welcome to Maximum Collective. Thanks for joining. I'm Steve Otto O'Connor. Your other host is Greg Big Raw Ringley. Hey. And we also have Gregor Absolute McGrath. Welcome to the show. And this week, I believe we're going to have the ultimate debate. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm totally ready, too, but I feel like I missed out a little bit. So you guys got to go to the last Palomar Fun Fly. Can you give me like a two-minute synopsis? I imagine it was a great time. Uh, I'm betting Satinder did a wonderful job. He, He did an absolute wonderful job. He absolutely did. And, uh, it, you know, my, my, my perspective when we, when we got there, it was just nothing but love. You walked down the flight line and everybody gave you love. It was, it was just amazing. And, and I, I don't know, I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of emotion flying through that, that, that whole event. And, and part of me feels like it was, it was due to it being the last event, but yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was just an awesome time. To me, it feels like old home week. Every time we go there, we're hanging out with people that we love to be around. We are all like-minded. We have a lot of fun together. We share in this hobby. And you always hate leaving the fun fly, and you can't wait to get back to the next fun fly and hang out with these guys again. Sounds like a fantastic time. I hear uh, Gregor got a couple of pulls on Big Raw. I did. What does it like to fly the world's only fly? I, I guess there's not only one anymore. But what, do yes. you, what was it like to fly the world's first 800 raw? You know, uh, first off, I got to say uh, to the one and only Enrico, we need this helicopter. Um, such a simple upgrade, you know, add a boom and a belt. And I mean, it was awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so Greg, Greg pulled me up by my ear to the flight line. And uh, what was the head speed on it, Greg? The max hex head speed? 1750. 1750. That thing hauled butt at 1750 and it, the tail was super solid. It, it was just, it was such a joy to fly. I was, I was absolutely in love with it. If it was available to the public, I would own one of those. And I've never been a fan of the 800 size helicopters. So yeah, we need one of these. <laughs> well, you even were doing pirouing loops with it. That I was Steve O'Connor. Yeah, uh, video or I don't believe it. We actually do have video, sir. So, we yeah. caught it. <laughs> Done. Hey, you know, speaking of video, don't we have a video coming out? Didn't you guys do a little video interview while you're down there for what is it, Hack TV or Heli Direct RC YouTube channel? Yes, we did. We sat there with um, Gregor, myself, and Mr. Sean Hall, and sat down and talked a little bit about a few things coming up. Nice. Yeah, Sounds like a, a good thing to check out. Hopefully that'll be out about the same time as the podcast. Yeah, I think he said it'd be coming out this week or sometime next week. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was within the within two-week period, I think, is what he was saying. So should so be a good show. Definitely tune in for that. And we had some great night flying. We had um, Alex Rose was throwing down like a madman. I mean, oh, man. that guy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he was getting after it. You know, I never get tired of watching that, man. Yeah, Donnie had some great flights. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, he did. 
He was ripping up the air. Your your man Gregor there, he was ripping up the air himself, a handful of flights. You had your birthday flight. Oh. I did. I did. They kept – I don't know. It's something about Danny and the rest cake? of the crew. Yeah, that too. Something about Danny and the rest of the crew literally like pulling out their cameras and saying, Gregor, grab your helicopter. You got to go fly. I mean, like there's nothing suspicious about that. Right. You know, well, and, I, uh, they I, play country music and the harder the country music went, the harder you flew. <laughs> That's right. They played uh, uh, just a swinging came on and all of a sudden, like I was just getting into it. I don't know. It was, I guess country music did it for me. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, I had no clue. Well, he's out of the closet now, folks. That's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't tell anybody. <laughs> so it was a great time. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really neat uh, or interesting is that they had four light towers out there, and there was a small window where people were flying the uh, the light towers, but then the rest of the time there, there were spotlights to the left of the field, opposite end of the field, and they were just going haywire down there, and it was. It was uh, it was kept under a very tight rain, you know, uh, which was nice uh, as safety was the utmost of importance. A tender was there and on the spot, making sure everything was going as it should. And um, yeah, it was it was it was incredible. And like 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 you, like you guys said, Alex Rose was just getting after it. He was he's so humble. What a humble dude, man! Oh, amazing to watch fly. And, and yeah. we we have to talk about the. Um, what the 50 helicopter hover yeah that's right you know that was pretty cool to see but you all missed the tender what stand out in the middle of the field (laughs) (laughs) what are you saying safety first (laughs) safety first safety third oh (laughs) yeah that was that was a really neat experience and and Again, really sad, you know, it was kind of, it was an end of an era. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I myself was so excited to hear that the Palomar event was coming back, you know, and, and after Heli Freak left and went up to Anderson and then, you know, Will James sold the company and everything just kind of, you know, that the Heli Freak era was over, um, you know, the, the Palomar was also over, but then to see it coming back was so exciting. And then to only hear that, you know, only two times, right? Only two times is it coming back. So very sad, very sad, but a lot of great memories nonetheless. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like- I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of those guys either. I, I have a feeling that that's just only going to motivate them. They're going to find a field and we'll be right back over there. Absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. I'm just hoping I can make it next time. Really sad that I missed out on that one, but you can only make so many fun flies per year. Yeah, I get it. So speaking of fun flies, what's the ultimate question you get when you go to the field? What is the best fly marvelous? Well, we know what the answer is, right? We do, but I mean, I don't think we can tell everybody. We have to charge for that answer, right? I think so. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, the ultimate debate. Yeah, settled here on Maximum Collective. <laughs> should we give it to him? We should. Are you ready I, to dump I, it? Let's the info. Idea. I, I think I know. I, I think I know what this is. I, you know, and I think Steve does too. So yeah, let's give it to him. All right. All right. Should we count it down? Give it to us, Gregor. Yeah. Three, two, one. Two, one. You're on. 
Not it. <laughs> so. Well, okay. So, so let, let me first ask, like, who is this, you know? Okay. I screwed up. I screwed up. I did. I forgot we were going to take that out of there. You're going to have to edit now. I have to edit? Y'all not yeah. good at that. Yeah. Yeah. I screwed. I was going to say, who is this topic for? <laughs> so, okay. So I think first we should talk about key features of available systems. What do you guys think? Telemetry. I'm a huge nerd for telemetry. Well, other people are like, I got a timer. And guess what? Timers work for years. I don't need telemetry. So there's <laughs> definitely telemetry debate. Then you got That's people right. like Nick Maxwell who will talk about set your uh, speed controller so that when you get to a certain milliamp hour consumption, it goes to a low voltage, a lower condition, and you fly until the head speed slows down. He talked about that on a recent podcast or a recent video. That's right. Yeah. I actually have mine set up for that. I don't normally hit it. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. You got these modern speed controllers. You got Bobby other people Wayne just it. fly till the motor runs out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then complain why their batteries are puffy. That's right. <laughs> right. Oh. What do you mean I can't take 97% out of my battery? <laughs> what about that's integration it. and being able to adjust things on your fly barless system? I think that's, that's another I, consideration. Huge. Yep, absolutely. I think integration is important. We, what, what do we have? Uh, integration from Futaba now. We've got integration with the Mikado products. You've got Jetty, which has integration with their own RS system. And then they have integration with what? Axon? Axon, Spirit, Icon, Icon and Brain. Yeah. Um, how about... Fly barless system and its setup, um, whether it's got a good wizard, whether it's got an intuitive feel to it. Whether you need your computer or not. Yeah, right. all, all important things. Absolutely. Whether it has a Bluetooth module where it can talk to your phone. Or if the radio has such a good interface that you no longer find yourself flying the Bluetooth module, which happened to me with the icons a couple of years back and the Jetty. Right. Or maybe you like flashing blue lights and you like flying one and just push a button and the light changes color. Right, with the little card. I used to love having that little card in my radio box and I could just program the lights real quick, you know? It's like Christmas what if, every weekend. What if you can't <laughs> tell what color those lights are? Yeah. Uh, I, think they have, I, I think they have glasses for that now. Or you have children for that. Colorblind color glasses. <laughs> Yell at your kids. I've heard of several people running into that exact issue. Like they don't use, they didn't use B-Stacks because of the flashing lights because it annoyed them. Because Greg, I think you had experience with that, right? You had yeah, to, my that... kids, my kids begged me to switch fly barless systems because they get tired of sitting in the garage with me. As I said, what color is that light now? What color is that light now? <laughs> okay, so so I think we missed a topic. We did. Yeah, one of my mm -hmm. things because I'm cheap. Oh, I think cost. I think cost. it's a serious oh, consideration. Cost should be a consideration. Getting cost into some is. of these high-end systems, you know, it, it, I could build two helicopters for what it cost me to get into a radio and a, a single fly barless. Okay. Oh, how about how about the system that is a little harder to set up up front, but has a lot more back-end capability versus one that's Easiest set up front, but maybe doesn't have that back-end hardcore tuning capability. 
Are there systems well, like that? Is that a difference? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, some people are a lot techier than others, you know, so they, they dig those kind of systems, you know, nerd and yeah, absolutely. Like one, you just plug it in and it works. That's about all it does. <laughs> now you're just talking exactly. late CP level flies right out of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've got, so we've got what, what's on the system. What's on the, uh, on the market nowadays we've got what v bar we've got b stacks icon or brain we've got axon yep. spirit you got the neos that do the solo just like the old v bars right so you've got right. the neo yep. with the built-in that only does yep. v control you've got the neos that you can use with i think any of radio you've got three um, digi three digi is that are they still around yeah i think aero panda carries them still um, the new futaba system cgy system yeah, the CGY 760R. Yeah. I think there's absolutely. the Max fly barless. That's right. Max um, is coming out with what? A uh, GPS system that you can theoretically tell actually, at the whole position, right? They've actually got it, and the videos I've seen uh, supposedly do a good job. Yeah. But I never I never got to test that aspect of the system. Yeah. So, so I, I got a I got a question. With all that said, with all these systems, I know I know everybody's just probably you know, all oh, these guys are rambling on. They've got they're talking about this system, that system, and integration, and blah blah blah. But what what is the best system for you? Well, l- let me back up a little bit. What system, Steve? Let's start with you. What system worked best for you in the beginning? What what was it that that made you say, okay, this is this is this is the system for me? I stuck with my fly bars for a while uh, mm-hmm. and a four hundred one gyro. I was I was one of the people that held on to that and some KBDD paddles. That was the system for me. And then when I did go fly barless, I remember using like black V-bars. And I always felt like there was some cult to be on the V-bar, you know, the V-bar fanboy. Um, and the second the brain, the second brain and icon came out, they were cheaper. They were promising more features. There was definitely room to grow the interface. I liked it better than I liked V-bars interface. I hopped right on the bandwagon, sold every V-Bear I had. Mm-hmm. And then I ran Icon for 10 years. Now, I bounced around. I've used Axon. I've used Beastex. I've used Spirit. Um, I haven't used a standalone Neo. Uh, I've used the Max Fly Barless system. But I would say overall, if you ask me out of the box for cost and ability, I would mm-hmm. say the Icon Brain is the, was my favorite system. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so it sounds like you had a few things in mind. You had like, you know, budget, you know, you had usability, you know, things like that. So great, Greg, what about you? What, what were the, what were, what was the system that was for you in the beginning? Well, my very first system was the Beast X. I watched all those Ron Lund videos on how Mm -hmm. to set it up. And then (laughs) Seriously, when I needed to program it, I'm red, green, colorblind, so I could not tell the three colors. So I would literally, when I got ready to program, I'd call one of the kids out and say, all right, when that glows this color, tell me. And I'd start hitting the button until it <laughs> glowed a certain color. And I literally go through and set it up that way. And it became such a problem that I switched from that to an icon. Um, oh, that's awesome. And icon to me was a... The wizard was phenomenal. The tooltips was great. I could read about it on the screen. I didn't have to go look up manuals and go to um, 
wiki pages and find stuff. So to me, it felt very self-contained there. But I was early as a pilot. I didn't fly. I wasn't flying great. Then I was just barely trying to keep the thing in the air. But I slowly started moving through systems as I got a little better feel. I learned a little bit different, and I ended up with the Demon Axon, and that was so simple to set up. Seemed so intuitive to me. It just fit, and I flew that for probably the longest time, and only when I started getting into speed where I wanted to have telemetry, where I could start looking at what's going on. That's when I started looking for telemetry feedback, and that's when I found the Neo system, and the simplicity of the integration coming back into everything, just made that. That was what drove me there, you know. That's awesome. That, you know, that, that's very interesting hearing both your answers. Um, so it kind of sounds like you, you had a system, and then you kind of grew into different systems at the time, and, and that's kind of kind of how it worked for me too. You know, we. We were starting, uh, what was it, um, I used a system, that, uh, the Skookum is what it was. That, that was my first fly barless system, but it was only a two axis, you know, and uh, I, we, had to, we had to use a Spartan gyro or whatever, you know, gyro of choice for the tail. And uh, you didn't have any cyclic integration, you know, with the tail. There wasn't that stir integration, if you will, lack of better terminology. And, uh, and so that's what we used for a little while, but then it, you know, it, it it just it just it just didn't feel natural. You know, so uh, then when they came out with the Beast X, you know, it seemed like everybody in my local field picked up the Beast X, and we kind of all fed off one another. And uh, me working uh, at Main Hobbies and being able to give support, it was the new hot system. I mean, everybody was using this system, and and uh, it, it was kind of the new the new craze. You know. And, um, and that system, because, you know, for me worked really well, I loved that it had a tail gyro built into it. And, um, I liked being able to take that programming card because I didn't have a laptop and the idea of getting a laptop when I was funding the hobby and then adding a laptop on top of it, you know, was, that was tough. And then, you know, now I have to have a generator, you know, cause I need to plug this in, you know, and I, I was already piggybacking off others generators. So, so for me at the time, you know, that just wasn't, that just wasn't working for me and what, what, what I had, you know what I mean? So, so B stacks fit the mold for me really well. And then as I started helping people with the B stacks, um, I stayed with the B stacks mainly, you know, or, or strongly because, you know, I, I wanted to, I loved helping people, enjoy the hobby and, and progress in the hobby. So, so I, that, that's, that's why I stuck with B stacks essentially, you know, so that, that was my go-to for a long time. You know, I did get a chance to uh, uh, pick up a, a couple icon fly barless systems and enjoyed those. I had a CGY 750. Um, that system was just too fast for me. I think I had the 14 SG radio and, um, the the uh, the latency. I mean, it was it was just it was just you know very connected, and and for me it was just too much, you know. Um, but at the same time, they're feature rich and and you know great systems. But yeah, B stacks. That's that's kind of what worked for me, you know. So kind of interesting. Yeah. I have a question for you, Gregor. You brought yeah. up something interesting. You were talking about a two D fiberless system. I've never mm -hmm. used one of those. I've been doing it for sixteen years. What I did do, <clears throat> 2011, 2012 or so, I flew a Protos 500 no bar the entire season on a 401 gyro. 
So you remove the fly bar, you put the fly barless arms on it, and then you basically run it with no gyro on the head and just a gyro on the tail. <laughs> now you do have to adjust when you're flying, you have to compensate for the wind changes and things like that. I don't know, Greg, if you've ever done one of those, but Gregor, if you've flown a no barless system, uh, I'm just curious because honestly, uh, it used to be a, like a thing, like I would fly around with no bar and they would be like, yeah. oh my God, I can't believe you're doing it. It's really not a big yeah. deal. So uh, years ago, we were at the Oroville Air Corps, my local field, and uh, we had just um, arrived at a fun fly we were putting on and, and uh, Ben Stork was coming and Devin LeBlanc was coming and um, we were just not going to go into bashing or anything, but the skookum, we were just struggling with getting the tail and the cyclic to feel right together. And it just didn't. So we, we had this idea of yanking the fly barless system off of it and flying it no bar. And, uh, I gotta tell you, Devin LeBlanc absolutely threw down with just a tail gyro on that helicopter. And it was on the outrage 550. And, um, I mean, he was just killing it, absolutely killing it. And we were just standing there cringing and it was, it was, uh, pretty windy this time of year um you know april may uh, when the fun fly is early may um it's just we get wind unpredictable weather for sure so um yeah and he was just killing it it was awesome and then uh and then after the dust settled the fun fly was over i still had the outrage 50 and yeah i flew at no bar a few times and and it was it was radical <laughs> so see and i've never flown a fly bar you you haven't oh man i have we gotta I'm fix a... that I'm a fly bar virgin. Oh, wow. I have to I'll fix bring up one my... down. Yeah. Yeah. There you, go. there you there go. There you go. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. You know, so, so I, I got to say something here. So, so what I'm, what I'm hearing from us through this conversation, I'm sure the listeners are going, man, these guys are just rambling on and not making much sense of this, or maybe they are, I don't know. But, but to me, you know, I'm hearing, Okay, there was there was cost is, is what helped you choose your systems, you know the the tunability, you know for me it was uh, I I had contacts you know local friends that were figuring out the system so they were a different perspective and learning the programming which helped me learn the programming so that's what worked for me and that's what in my opinion was what worked best for me and and, and Greg it seems like you you kind of had the same the same thing going on with you too. And, and yet we're all, it sounds like we're all consistently kind of, we chose a different system at different times that worked best for us, given, you know, what, what our needs were at the time. Is that so what I'm hearing? Could that be a function of, as you move through your um, life as a helicopter pilot, your needs change. And as your needs change, your taste changes and what fits you at that time might change. And therefore your air quote, perfect have to air quote, cause we're on the radio, your air quote, perfect fly barless probably evolves as you as a pilot evolve. Absolutely. And, and I, I think maybe we should just stop beating around the bush, you know, and, and get to the, get to the point of, of, of what we're talking about here is that, I think what the best fly barless system for you might be what works best for you in the time and, and, and the, the level you're at in the hobby. Right. And your so surroundings. It, yeah, absolutely. Your surroundings. I mean, 
I mean, it, it, do you have do you have a support network? Maybe that system, like if you're if you're looking, I mean, all too often we sit here, oh, this is the best fiberless system, this is the best speed control, this is the best motor. But if you have if you're you're a beginner or if you've been in the hobby for a while and and you just want to be around a group of people, like I, I get a kick out of my field. Everybody's got the Neos. And we'll sit there and I mean, there'll be six, seven, eight, nine of us in a group and we're all playing around at our friend, Bob, he's in his late sixties, early seventies. And even on his systems, Hey Bob, you got to try this out. So we'll tune this, we'll tune that and play with it. And he'll go flight. And he's like, Oh man, that, that, that's working. Awesome. I like that. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you know, but, but we get a kick out of, you know, so having that support network of, of, Flybarless, or maybe you're the guy, you're or, or gal that likes to be different, different, and and you found a system that you really enjoy, and everybody else is doing something else, and that, but that's what works best for you, and you found a source online, or you found a source reading a book, or you found a source through yourself reading the manual, and that must that 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 I think. In my personal opinion, I think this, I mean, this is why we, we did this show is to, to show everybody that it's, it's what the best fiberless system out on the market is what works best for you. And, and I think bottom line. And what speaks know? to you. Um, I've had people tell me when I was flying the Axon, I said the Axon's confusing. But when I looked at the Axon from a setup standpoint, to me, it just seemed like it clicked. My mind saw the setup screens and I went, I got this. So I think it also comes down to just the way you think. Certain things may talk to you. Certain things may speak to you in a way that you just get it. When it says the system's intuitive, that's probably a function of the person that's reading the instructions or looking at the screen, right? Mm -hmm. I totally yeah. agree. I didn't start tuning a system until I hung out with Alex Rose. Um, like you'd sit here and listen to them go on about PIDs and things of that nature and like getting into the expert menus of any of these flybrella systems. And I mean, I, I, I tuned a little bit and yeah, that's good enough. And then I didn't notice bobbles in the head when I was doing TikToks until people started pointing that stuff out. So from a tuning aspect, like there's a lot of people that are flying. Um, let's take the hover event at Palomar. For example, I saw some videos of some hovering that I don't know if I, it was it was more flying around than hovering. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> it's all based off of your skill level and what you're looking to do. Um, yeah. yeah different right. systems are more f set up to do different types of flying, right? Some of them may have a couple features that you don't need for this type of flying, but they really work well in that type of flying. The Max Flybarless system for me, for example, didn't... It was way like if you want to be Tariq and you want to smack the ever-living stuff out of it, it was very, very like smackable. And it was it felt pretty good smacking it around. But I like to do big air and very smooth stuff. And I had to detune the ever-living stuff out of that thing to get it to fly the way I remotely wanted to. And it was too much previous tuning. Uh, and so take somebody that doesn't even know what they're doing. Uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't even know where to start. So back to the support system. I think is another key function on who you have around you to help you tune that. Yeah. And I mean, how many, how many fly barless out there? Can you, I don't, I can't think of a bad fly barless system right now. Right. No, I used to always we, laugh. People ask me, what's your favorite helicopter? The one I just flew. Yeah. So maybe 
the favorite, the you know, your fly bar list, if you like it, you're willing to forgive it. If it feels comfortable in your hands and you're comfortable with it, you're going to overlook different things it does because they don't set you off. You made a comment about seeing bobbles on TikToks or bobbles on a hover. You know, I've laughed. I've I've been doing stuff and someone walked up and goes, do you see that bobble? And all of a sudden, now I see the bobble. I go, why would you do that? I like my TikToks. Now I don't like them anymore. <laughs> you know, don't show them, point out the things wrong. <laughs> if I don't see them, it's all good. <laughs> what about you? I mean, you're the first person I've heard talk about setting up a switch and, and tuning for the auto. Um, oh. You know, especially when you get any kind of weird uh, issue, like I had with my 6HV years ago, ground effect, or is it gyro well, settings, or, you know, so I, yeah, I, I mean, first all... yeah I first ran into that on my Diablo 700 Nitro, you know I was landing and when I flipped into hold I was running an Icon unit when I flipped to hold I was still in the flight bank for my idle up two setting but I went to hold I'm now in idle and I start wearing out that head I start getting to that really low head speed shake for lack of a better word you know so I was looking for a system that when I go into auto it actually gives me a full auto bank. You know, where all the settings can be adjusted in that bank. You know, so it, it depends on what you're looking for. I would uh, turn around. Ultimately, I could say good things about a lot of the fiberless systems, and I am mostly V-Control now, so call me a fanboy or whatever. Uh, but I would probably not use, I would use a jetty radio with a V bar fly barless system, for example, and you can, you can go through and do that, uh, but you wouldn't have the integration you have. So you'd lose out on that. So there are pros and cons to, to all of it. Uh, I don't think there is, I agree. I don't think there's an answer for the best system for everyone, certainly, but the best system for what fits your needs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's so funny because recently I saw somebody get into, uh, Futaba system. I wasn't going to name names, but I'm just going to say it. You know, they got into a Futaba system, and 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 I keep hearing, you know, how amazing that that tail is, you know, and and I think and and a lot of the the pilots I hear it from are really high level pilots, you know, and it was funny. I got to fly one of those systems, and I flew it, and I was like, oh man, I, you know, I I don't know, but you know, I fly the collective like a light switch. I'm on, I'm off, you know, so. So in the pilot that allowed me to fly their system is a really good all around collective management, you know, tail management, you know, very good, you know, but, uh, but, you know, I walked away going, yeah, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't knock my socks off, but I'd, I'd have to tune it myself. You know, I'd have to tune it to my flying style and my flying abilities, you know? And, um, and so anyhow, I knew somebody that got the Futaba system they put their, their Neo system down and then they went back to their Neo system and said, yeah, there was a lot to learn. I just didn't have the network, you know, and, and sometimes like for me, I don't have that, that I call it ADHD or ADD, whatever you want to call it. But I, I, I'm like, you know what? My system was flying great. I just, ah, that's a lot for me to grasp right now. I'll come back to it. Right. So, so, um, and kind of, I've seen people do that with the Neo with the Neo as well, you know, um, it took it, me three times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so Three different radios. Yeah. So, so, and, and let me tell you some of the, you know, we've got people like Nick Maxwell flying that Futaba system. If, if that Futaba system wasn't phenomenal, Nick wouldn't be flying it, 
you know, uh, Jason Bell wouldn't be flying it. These, these high level pilots would not be flying those systems. So we know they're great. I know, Hey, that's a phenomenal system. But then we have pilots like Kyle Dahl flying the Neo. Hey, we know those are great systems, but you know, what works for me is my Neo system, you know, and, and, uh, uh, you know, it's just really neat. And then, and then also, you know, those, those high level pilots also coming in and, and, and I had Nick Maxwell and he's looking at my tail as it's flying and such. And he says, Hey, you, you use a, a tail pre-comp, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's built in. He goes, turn it off. I went, what? And he goes, turn it off. So we turned it off and I tried it and I, he goes, you could see your tail moving back and forth in TikToks. I'm like, you're kidding me. You saw that? He goes, oh yeah, it was plain as day. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. So then it was, it was, ironically enough, when I was doing hurricanes, the tail started feeling a little like, whoa, hey, hang on a minute. But what it did, I decided to keep flying it without the tail rotor pre-comp. And, and as I'm coming around in hurricanes, I started paying more attention to my collective management and things like that. So I guess I don't want to get off topic too much, but um, I left it like that and I absolutely love it. And it's, it's made me more disciplined, but it's really neat to have, you know, perspective on different systems and, would you, and, you know, would you say that helped push you to tune a little bit more like pre-comp that could be, that's an easy fix. Right. But mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. you took the time to go learn the tail. And I mean, that's one of those aspects of the hobby you can, put onto the next person and help them learn and improve. Um, yeah. I know and I have, I have gone and taken that to, to uh, another friend of mine that, that, that took, you know, I explained that to him and he took it and he's like, wow, that's really interesting. I need to know more about that. And so we, we kind of got into detail about it, but, but like I said, at the end of the day, um, just when you, just when I thought, you know, I knew the Neo system and then somebody else sees something that I, you, I wasn't noticing, and, um, and, I, and it's just, you know, I was willing to try it and it even made, it made my system even better for me, you know? So, yeah. So I guess, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, I, I think so many people get caught up in, um, you know, oh, I need the best. I need the best, but take a look at everything, put everything on the table before you, you go and pick out a fly barless system and, and think about what's good for you, not just what's good to put a sticker on your helicopter and show everybody what you've got, you know what I mean? And, and the best fly system, I think you guys would agree is the system that fits your needs the best, no matter what it is, whether it's cost simplicity, uh, you know, uh, um, getting help, you know, whatever it is. I think that, that to me is the best fly system on the market. So the thing that I always took away from flying RC helicopters is I started the hobby flying with JC's ankle. I could watch JC take a helicopter that was bent up, twisted and wadded up, and outfly other people in the field. So one of the things that I always took away from was a good pilot can make up for a lot of things in a flybar system or make up a lot of things in a tune. I will guarantee you my helicopters were not tuned, but he could pick up my helicopter and do things with it that I was just totally amazed with. I've always believed that I've spent more time focusing on me versus tuning, and maybe to a detriment. I don't go to the field and tune on the heli to try and tune it out. I've always thought, well, I'm going to work on me personally as a pilot and improve on myself. So I don't think I've really focused a lot on buying a radio system to get better, I think I've always focused on me getting better. And maybe one day when I grow up, become a better and better pilot, 
I'll start being able to differentiate those features and see those things. See those bobbles and those TikToks that today I can't see. Or maybe I see them, but I don't recognize what they are yet. I agree a lot with that, Greg. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to Telerotor podcast here on the way down to Florida uh, a couple weeks back, and they were talking about <clears throat> some of the settings in the Neo. And honestly, I've, I've put the Neo in, I've tweaked it a little bit here, but I haven't like Jesse Cavros tuned the thing or Alex Rose tuned the thing. I've just Steve O'Connor, which is minimal tuning, right? I'm sure when I fly, people are like, oh, I see this or I see that. Uh, but until somebody points it out, like Gregor said, you know, hey, what's this bobble or what's this? Uh, you don't look at it. And they were talking about some features that are a little deeper in the V control. And it's easy to turn on pre-comp and be like, oh, that's good enough. But once you start playing with it, that's a, another cool aspect of the hobby, right? Learning all the different features and, right. and having that conversation. You get to the field and you guys are all chit-chatting about, oh, well, I like this better. Or, Have you considered this? Uh, I run, you know, 20 or 30 percent expo. And it depends on what my settings are. A lot of people don't do that. Uh, they want instantaneous response, but I just, I'm not, I couldn't be near as smooth if I, if I didn't do that, that helps me tremendous bit. And a uh, planker guy actually said, if you Taba team pilot actually came over, he's like, you know, if you ran some expo in that thing, you would look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, thanks Mark. And, uh, yeah. So I started, I, he had me put like 40% expo. I'm like, you're out of your mind. But there's so many tuning aspects. And again, back to the system. Yeah. That's what's neat about this hobby. Options. That's it. Well, in a nutshell. we've come up with the solution. The best fly barrelist is the fly barrelist that fits you. That's the answer. So every one of the um, manufacturers just went, ugh. <laughs> I can see the we next all one have comes different out. Different personal preferences. I mean, yeah. there's three of us in this room. We all could say based off certain things. Yeah. So you're gonna watch the next. The next fly bar is gonna put out says, Brand X. It just fits you. It just. <laughs> That's awesome. So I hope I hope we got you all riled up, and uh, you know, bent out of shape because that's what we we're hoping to do. And uh, anyway, I hope you guys got something out of it. And, uh, you know, again, I think, I think, uh, something that we like to do here at maximum collective is, is think outside the box and, you know, kind of hone people in onto, you know, back into enjoying the hobby and, and, um, not thinking about, you know, things is, is, you know, I want the best or, or it's all about the sponsorship or it's all about this, you know, remember why you, you're doing this and you're doing it because you enjoy it. And, um, and get what fits your mold, you know, get, get what's what fun. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Speaking of fun, we got some fun mm-hmm. opportunities brewing here in the next month or so, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. I believe we have a couple of fun flies coming up for June. Uh, we got the Cincy Smackdown, uh, June 2nd through June 5th. And that is in Hamilton, Ohio. I hear that's a great event. A lot of my local guys have gone to it. I've not made it to that one myself, but I hear there's very nice people, great time. Uh, there's also Rotors Over the Corn, and that's in Waverly, Nebraska. That is the same weekend, June 3rd through June 5th. If you're up there, I'm going to be there. Please come by, say hi. Always awesome to meet new folks. We also have Birmingham Do the Ditch Helicopter Fun Fly. That is June 17th through June 19th. That's down at Bessemer, Alabama. <clears throat> And 
I also want to throw a little hook in here for Mr. Greger. We got the Central Valley HeliFest coming up July 7th through the 10th, and that's in Lincoln, California. And yours truly, Greger, will be there. Uh, Greg, will you also be attending that? I will be there as well. Got to put the got to put the Gregers there. That's awesome. Can I say, be there, be Mm -hmm. square? That's it. You can absolutely say that. Pretty excited. It looks like Sean Hall is going to make it. We uh, just found out Donnie Pesci is going to be there as well. Um, we've got a good group from Arizona coming. Um, yeah, it looks like we just uh, Miles Ben Storks coming. Yeah, Ben Stork, Nick Maxwell, uh, Miles Matta will be there now. Ken um, the Dictator Marshall. <laughs> Ken Marshall will be there. Marvin Danny Juarez with Team Hobby Wing will be there. I mean, we've got we've got. Just a great group of people that are coming. Alex Rose will be Alex there. Alex Rose not? Will or be does there. he can okay? Awesome. Nope, he'll be there. He's confirmed now. Is his um, nickname the Nightflyer? Alex the Nightflyer or Rose? <laughs> well, it was Animal, but he's he's not too fond of that. The Night Animal? Or maybe really? Maybe the Night Animal. I don't know. <laughs> he's out every. I, I'm so fortunate to be able to fly with him on a regular basis when I was living out in California. And uh, man, when he got to knife line, he just he takes it up a whole nother notch. Yeah. So yeah, he's exciting to watch. Absolutely yes. love it, and he's so humble. You know. I think one of the other people you need out there is Garrett Uku. You should hit him up and see if he comes out. Yeah. See if he can either I don't know lop the tail off a helicopter and land <laughs> it like an auto, like it's no big deal. Uh, or maybe smash his helicopter at Mach 9.5 into a ball. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that one. But Sounds like good exciting times. to watch. Yeah, he's exciting to watch, especially at nighttime. He's 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 a lot of fun. Oh, I got the it. yeah, I got the pleasure of watching him fly. He had a night rig that was just fantastic, and uh, at the uh, at the ranch last year, and and or last event <laughs> so that was awesome it was good to watch so yeah we got to lean on ken marshall to uh, get him out there there, you go. there you go dm him all right i think we covered everything so i think it's about time to auto on out of here wouldn't you guys say probably that's it well from all of us thanks for joining and uh see what's in store for next month feel free to check out our facebook page and give any options or any suggestions, or if you want to tell us what you think is the best fry bar list, let's get that conversation started. I would love to see some of those things. I plan on posting my ideas of what I feel. I have pros and cons to everyone. I'm going to post that up on our Facebook page. I don't know if Gregor and Greg will be doing the same. I know Gregor, or Greg has a list of all his favorite things, so you can call him out on that. I'll post those up there. Yeah. And, and I'd like to invite people to ask us questions. If you have questions about a system you might be flying and, and you want to see if we might know something about it, please, please let us know. We'd love to help you. Or someone will read your comment and offer you their experience. Yep. Always open for topics and any suggestions as well. All right. So thanks so much. See you next time.